you know, we'd love to have a great contingent of, of some Lady Rebel Red uh, in, in the stands and, and cheering loud for us. And I know there's going to be people that have already gotten on their phones and made flights. So, um, you know, I've never been to Louisiana personally, so I can't speak to it. So I'm excited to go the first time, and I, I want to make it more than just, you know, like a two-night stay. It's time to talk all things UNLV with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5. And Paloma joins us now on the phone lines. And that earlier voice that you heard was Lady Rebels head coach Lindy LaRock. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you as you are in Louisiana. You're in Baton Rouge. You're getting ready for tomorrow's <laughs> game between the Lady Rebels and Michigan. That tips off at noon. Of course, you can hear that game on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. But Paloma, what's the mood like of the Lady Rebels and even Coach LaRock as they prepare for this big-time matchup with Michigan? I mean, we've had so much fun this week. Um, you know, we flew out here a little bit early on Tuesday. We landed. We've been adjusted to the time change. Um, you know, it's been fun being on the bus. You know, this team this team has a lot of fun. Um, you know, you can feel that 22-game win streak under their belt. You know, they're, they're focused. They're determined. Um, high energy at practice. High energy from Desi Ray Young. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Las Vegas know that Desi is maybe one of the funniest people okay. I've ever met. Um, you know, she's locked in and focused on the court, and she's one of the best basketball players in the country right now. But off the court, she's a hoot. She's a hoot, and it's been great to be on the road this week. Fox Five is the only TV station on the road with with UNLV, and um, you know, hanging out with Lindy's family, Lindy's baby. Um, you know, it's just it's just a great program that she has uh, at UNLV, and everything feels like family. But tomorrow is the big matchup at 12 p.m. against Michigan, and um, you know everything I've seen, just just what I've seen from the players, like the look in their eye. You know, we're, we heard from Essence Booker earlier today, and um, you know she said they're not happy to be here. You know, they they want to win. They want to win on Friday, beat Michigan. Uh, move on and, and play LSU here at home at, at LSU. Um, so, you know, these girls are excited, but, you know, they're focused on the task of um, beating Michigan. And Lindy LaRock has said all week she likes the matchup. Um, you know, she likes she likes what they're going up against. Their, their guards are a little bit bigger, longer, lengthy. Um, but when you have Desi Ray Young and Essence Booker and Alyssa Durazo Fresco, and guys, I mean, I've been watching them at practice all week long, and Man, they do not miss. They do not miss. Um, even my photographer, my photographer was shooting practice, and he's like, I don't think I've seen them miss a bucket yet. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen them miss a bucket yet either. So, um, you know, to keep their head down and, and keep focused on tomorrow, um, you know, I'm kind of glad that we're here. We got out here a little bit early because now now I think they're ready. You know, they're ready to play this game. We're kind of just waiting around for this game to happen. You know, and they had the selection show on Sunday, and, of course, DeMond was there. Obviously, you were there as well. And a lot of people came out of that feeling like, you know, UNLV got the short end of the stick and had to go all the way to uh, Louisiana, to Baton Rouge, and didn't really like their seeding and didn't like, you know, Michigan there at number six and all that. But as far as kind of having an edge uh, to them or a little chip on their shoulder, are you sensing that from uh, UNLV? Like, uh, they're being doubted, but that's okay because that's fuel to what they're going to be doing tomorrow on the court? I think they're really excited. I mean, I think they're pumped up. I think Lindy likes this matchup. You know, I think 
Um, you know, they've been waiting for this game all year long, basically, is, is the vibe I'm getting from the team is, um, you know, they, they've, they've started each game with the mentality, I think you might have seen it on social media, they've started each game with the mentality that they lost last night. You know, they're 0-0, they're 0-0 facing this team, and Lindy LaRock has said their motto all year long was their next game is their biggest game of the year. You know, they treat every single game like it's a championship game, um, and that's how they've been able to keep their win streak going, um, looking to win 23 games uh, tomorrow. And, yeah, I do think the team has had that chip on their shoulder, you know, all year long of, um, man, when I sit down with Essence, when I sit down with Desi, they look at me and they have, like, a fire in their eyes. They're, like, you know, just locked in, uh, determined. And then there's just another another half of, you know, representing Las Vegas and, and representing the girls back home and all all their, their high schools, their, their middle schools that are looking up to them, you know, on the biggest stage, on, on a national spotlight. So, um, you know, they came close in a nail-biter against Arizona last year, falling in the first round to Arizona. Um, and I feel like tomorrow they'll come out with that chip on their shoulder. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Something that Coach LaRock said that really left an impression on me is, hey, they've got to play us, and that's the mindset that she has. But when you talk to the players, how game are they? Obviously, Q mentioned feeling, being a little slighted about still being an 11 seed after you know dominating the Mountain West Conference. But do those players, do they share the coach's mentality that they're not the underdog going into this game? I think, you know, I haven't heard anything negative from them about their number 11 seed. I mean, they were a 13 seed last year, so to move up two spots, um, I think Lindy said she likes she likes where they are. Um, she likes this matchup. Um, and, yeah, I mean, UNLV, I hear it from everyone, like, oh, you know, it's a mid-major program. You know, they haven't really played anyone this year. Um, you know, but, but <laughs> to go through your entire conference and, and win – your entire conference and go undefeated in conference play. I mean, UNLV hasn't done that since like 1985. So this team has been making history, you know, all season long. And I think Lindy and, and her squad only want to continue to make history. They haven't won a, an NCAA tournament game since the 1990-91 season. Um, so I know this team is ready to go make history and, you know, kind of show, show the whole world who Las Vegas is and, and the talent they have in Las Vegas. And let's just be honest, those bigger schools are afraid to play them in non-conference because they don't want to lose to a Mountain West school. <laughs> but I'll leave it at that. Wow. My next question, you're out there in Louisiana. Have we heard about the, the amount of Rebel fans that are going to go? Is the school putting together anything or just the family of the players? So Linda LaRock has a lot of family out here, um, already out here, and I'm sure the family members will come uh, from the players too. But I've actually received a few texts. Um, a few few social media messages that um, there's some diehards coming out here uh, tomorrow. And then Lindy also mentioned today that, you know, there's so many great teams here for, for the tournament. She hopes that, you know, everyone that's, you know, here for the tournament comes out tomorrow and watches um, UNLV and, and, and Michigan. So hoping for a big crowd. Um, but just to be here at LSU in this historic arena, in this historic facility, you have the football stadium right next door. You know, you pull into campus, and, you know, LSU is a beautiful campus. Um, you know, it's just, I know, I know the players are hyped. I know I'm hyped, too. You just kind of get, like, chills, like, you know, um, you know, all your hard work. All your hard work comes down to uh, tomorrow at 12 against Michigan. And, um, you know, I think this moment won't be too big for the Lady Rebels because they've already been here before. 
Um, and, you know, one thing I've also noticed about this team was, you know, they're, they they returned almost the entire team this year. There's no transfers. There's no five, six, seven, eight transfers on this team. So the chemistry is really strong on this team. Just on the bus ride over, I mean, I just feel like these, these girls are friends. They've been friends for a long time. Alyssa Durazo Frescas told me last night that the chemistry is so strong on this team right now that, you know, they pass the ball. They know exactly where each player is. They know exactly where... Um, you know, Desi Ray Young in the paint, you know, with the putback. So um, for Lindy LaRock to have almost her entire team return this year and just the chemistry they've built, um, you know, it's great to see. It's great to see that chemistry in practice, and hopefully it shows tomorrow. Something that I want to ask you about, I want to peel back the curtain a little bit. Sunday at the watch party, Coach LaRock didn't even start the scrum. She said, ladies first, and you got the first question. I see you're holding the baby. How close is that relationship? Are you all going to be a part of the family by the end of the tournament? I mean, Lindy, I, I, I have so many words to say about Lindy LaRock. I mean, for a young sports supporter who's, you know, not sure if, you know, I can be a mom one day or if I, you know, can have a, a, a husband and, and be on the road. And, you know, I, there's just so many questions I have. I look at Lindy and I'm like, man, she's doing it. She's not, even, she's not only doing it, she's killing it. You know, she's she's killing it. She has a husband, a brand new baby that she travels with. You know, her team is undefeated in conference play. She's taken her basketball team to the NCAA tournament twice in her three years as a head coach at UNLV. So not only me, but I hope, you know, all women look at Lindy LaRock and say, man, if she can do it, I can do it too. No, it's awesome. It really is. And yeah, we all saw you, uh, you know, hu- hugged up pretty tight with the baby. It looked like you, uh, you know, you were, you were pretty natural there, Paloma. You were doing well. You're doing, you're doing just well. And I'll say this, you know, not only, you know, are you looking up to Lindy LaRock, but please believe there's young ladies that are looking up to you as well, seeing what you do. And it's like, hey, I, if she could do it, I could do it. She's doing, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're paving the way, too. So don't sell yourself short. You're doing a fantastic job. So keep up uh, the good work. And, and before we let you go, I did did want to ask about just the stage, you know, because, again, we know about the LSUs, we know about the Michigans, we know about UConns and, you know, all the big-time players, but how good is this for UNLV just to be on this stage against Michigan where everyone could look and say, you know what, they could play some basketball out there in Vegas. Like, just how big is this for the program itself? Well, I think everyone knows who Desi Ray Young is in the mm-hmm. nation. You know, I think everyone knows who Essence Booker is. Uh, in the country, I, I'm I'm damn sure this LSU team knows exactly every single player on this UNLV team um, because you know UNLV is one of the hottest team in, teams in the country right now. A 22 mm-hmm. game win streak, right. uh, a 22 game win streak doesn't just happen to any team. Um, but it's it's Lindy LaRock. It's Lindy LaRock. It's the experience she has. She's been to the NCAA tournament as a player, as a coach. She's coming from Tara Vanderveer. Um, you know, Lindy, Lindy is, you know, she's, she's got the tools to help her team, um, win games. And, you know, this team is looking to win their first NCAA tournament game since 1990-91 season. So, um, you know, I think all of Las Vegas is ready to see the Lady Rebels go make some history. No doubt. No doubt. Well, the game tips off at noon tomorrow. Again, you can hear that game on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Of course, Paloma's out there with the team, covering it like a glove for Fox 5, doing a fantastic job. Uh, What should we be on the lookout for, Paloma? What else you got working on besides what you're doing there in Baton Rouge? (laughs) 
Man, it's all Lady Rebels. It's all Lady nice. Rebels all day. You know, I'm hoping we're out here, you know, for a few more days, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's all Lady Rebels right now, and then we're kind of wrapping up the UNLV season, and, the, and then I'm diving straight into the Aces season. So, yep. um, you know, hope, hoping to take a week off somewhere in between there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah right. No time <laughs> but, off. Um, <laughs> you know, I was telling my mom, I was like, man, I think I've been on TV like 1,500 days in a row now. Right. But, yep. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I love it. You know, this isn't a job. You know, I love it. This is this has been so much fun. What an honor to travel with UNLV and um, you know, work in the best city in the world. So this isn't work, you know, this is all fun, but, you know, hoping we stay out here a little bit longer. Yeah, no doubt about it. If you run uh, across LSU, make sure you tell uh, Coach Mulkey that Q said hello. That's my people from back in uh, my Central Texas days. So uh, go ahead and, and <laughs> pass gotcha. along the word to Coach Mulkey. But, no, go out there. and I mean, well, you're already out there, but have fun with UNLV. Hopefully the <laughs> Lady Rebels will get a dub and, and, and advance on, and you guys are out there for a little while. But the coverage has been fantastic, Paloma. We definitely appreciate you, and, and have fun tomorrow at the game. All right, I'll bring you back some some crawfish, Q. There you go. There you go. That'll work. I'll take it. There she goes. Paloma Villacon. Appreciate you, Paloma. Good stuff. She's bringing back some crawfish. She needs to bring back some shrimp. She needs to bring back some grits. She needs to bring back all that good stuff, man. I was never really big on crawfish because it was so small and it was so much work to have to. I mean, it's good when you crack it open. I had a dude when I was in Texas, no joke. This guy named Jerry. Jerry is an old country cat, man, and he used to get so excited whenever they'd have a crawfish boil, right? He'd be like, oh, Q, you come over for the crawfish boil, like everything. And I was like, ah, Jerry, it's not really my thing, you know, because it's so much work and it's a little bit of reward. And he's like, what? What? He got mad. Oh, you're a city boy for sure. And I was like, no, I am. Like, there's no doubt. I'm definitely, you know, I'm a city cat, right? I'd rather have a lobster. I don't even like, I don't even like cracking crab, Damon. I'm so, uh, and, and the wife calls me bougie all the time, so I'll just own that. I, I'm so much of the guy that does not want to get my hands dirty. Like, I don't want to sit there and crack the crab and, you know, take it out the shell. and do, Like, I don't want to do all that work. I just want it already done, and I just want to eat it. So I really end up spending more money on lobster because it's easier just to peel the shell back a little bit and pull out the whole tail at the same time, and we're good. So crawfish was definitely never up my bag. He's like, man, it's so good. And so he'd peel it for me. He's like, you got to get your thumb under here and get it right underneath the head, and then you turn that head like that, and then you pull it out, and then you suck on it. And I was like, Jerry, that is way too much work for that little amount of reward. But – I understand how big crawfish boils are. Man. I'm not judging you per se, but no, I am you can judge at, me. I'm okay am, with that. I'm looking at you a little different. I'm no, like, that's fine. That's Q, fine. Come on, that's part of the that's part of the enjoyment, you know. Uh, no, no, no. When we go to Joe's and we got to go to Joe's now that uh, John McClain is in town, uh, I will not get crab. I will not get anything that I have to work hard for. I just won't. I'll just be like, look, I'd rather get this or get that because it's it's right there. It's available. I, I know that's fine. You can judge me all you want. I don't care. I have no problem with that. I I will be the first person to tell you I don't want to get dirty. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. Sometimes with a crab, with a crab leg, it's even it's even easier if you just like, you know, just crack it with your teeth, you know, and so yeah. you're not trying to do all that. I mean, you gotta get gotta get no. dirty. No, I don't, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't. You know, there's some dishes that I'll see, and there's some plates that I'll see, and you know, of course, uh, you know, there's a lot of soul food dishes that I really want to dive into, but then I was like, ah, I don't really want to, because it's a lot of work, you know, and I, I just I just don't want to do it. It's just it's just me. Gumbo, love gumbo. Don't like the work, right? I mean, it's just. I'm sorry. What's the what's the work with gumbo? Well, it depends on what you have in it, right? If you have crab legs in it, you got to put work. You don't want to work for your food. I don't. What would you have done back in the old days, Q? 
I'm lucky I'm not alive in the old days. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about it. I wasn't around then. You know what I mean? It wasn't that serious. I, I'm telling you, I am the worst. I don't care. I, but at least I'm being honest and telling you straight up, like, hey, you know, don't take me to, you know, like even a crab fest. Even when I went to uh, Freddie Belitnikoff's crab fest, like I sat at the table. I had some crab, but I didn't deep dive like everyone else did. You know why? It was too much damn work. But I did have good fellowship. It was a great event. I was glad to be there. I was happy to be there. Like, I would never, you know, like, spit in the face of an opportunity to be there. But it was like when I got home, the wife's like, oh, are you full? And I was like, no, not really. I didn't eat that much because I just don't want to put in the work. I'm sorry. There's so when certain you go things... to the Angry Crab, what are you doing, getting a sandwich? What's, what's up here? No, and I, I, don't, I don't get the boil. <laughs> like, little Sarah, will get, she'll get the big boil, like, expensive bag, right? She'll, she'll have the bib on and everything. No, not me, man. I get catfish, fried catfish I get. And I get the shrimp and grits. I get th- those orders every time. Shrimp and grits, no doubt, and fried catfish. And their fried catfish is fantastic. Fantastic. Put some hot sauce on that bad boy. I love me some catfish. But it's not like I got to do any work. All I got to do is eat it, right? It's not like I got to skin it. <laughs> I ain't got to peel off. I'm just lazy when it comes to that, man. There's certain things I'm not lazy yet work and other things i am lazy at and I'm, i have no problem admitting that i know what the answer is going to be but i just want to ask it because this is so much fun for me so you're out there in the central texas area would you ever go noodling for catfish oh hell no <laughs> hell no i actually you know what's funny i'm glad you brought that up though because i didn't even know what that was at one point but then i had a guy that wanted to advertise his his catfishing experience on the radio station and so he wanted to talk to me about it like a live interview so i was like well what the hell why not let's talk about it and so he said yeah we're noodling and i was like dude i don't even know what that is and then he told us that basically you're reaching your hand in there and you're letting a catfish latch onto your hand and then you yank it out like what kind of insane fool would do that why would you want anything to latch onto your hand that's alive like that doesn't even sound right that doesn't make any kind of sense, and that's when I knew that that was too country for me. I'm like, dude, I am a city slicker. I am not that country cat. My dad, who will be here at the end of the month, by the way, he loves fishing. He loves fishing. He loves to go out there. Man, he goes. he's in Wyoming. He lives in Wyoming right now. He goes out fishing. It's like snow out. Uh, him and a buddy found a place to go. They're, you know, They enjoy all that stuff. Look, not me, man. Not me. Like, I love father-son uh, bonding time, but, look, take me to the batting cage, man. Take me to the basketball court. Take me out to the park to play catch. Don't take me fishing, man. Fishing is just its just not my bag, man. It's just its just I can't do it. You're too active I, for fishing. I'm too act. I'm way too active for fishing, and I'm way too lazy for stuff like, like noodling and, and crawfishing. And all. Like, I just can't do it, man. I'm sorry. You know, like I said, I got problems. I'm okay with having problems. <laughs> Right? I am in a a perfect city for me, man. I am in Las Vegas. I ain't got to worry about going out and doing nothing country. The wife wants to go. um, She wants to go camping. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't want to sleep in a tent. I don't want to do all that. I want to sleep in a a camper. I want to sleep somewhere that is nice and climate controlled. I want to go take a shower. I want to go sit on the toilet. That's normal. Like, I want to do all that stuff, right? I don't want to go out there and rough it. I'm not a roughing it type of guy. Right? I did when I was a kid. I went away to camp. I came back and I was smelly. I hadn't taken a shower. I hadn't done anything. My mom and dad were like, what is wrong with you? Jump in the shower. And when they rinsed me off, it was like a layer of black came off. That's how dirty I was. That was probably the last time I went camping. Like, and really wanted to. I went camping with my dad a couple times because that's what, you know, he wanted to do. And so that's what you do. But 
I'm not that guy, man. I, I don't mind telling you. I don't care. You can shame me all you want. I'm okay with that. I, I won't feel bullied. I'll actually agree with you 100%. I am not that dude. Some people, so, yeah, they are. Me? Nah. Not so much. 421 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get your calls. We'll get your texts. Plus, we'll hear from some players that talked earlier today at the media session at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. My man Jordan Schultz passed along earlier today. sent me a text about 1.15 Pacific time. After a good visit with the Patriots, free agent linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle is now headed to Las Vegas for a visit with the Raiders. Uh, I know some will roll their eyes because they'll say, oh, he uh, has to have ties with the Patriots or they have to have ties with Josh McDaniels. Actually, he played for Miami, but he has ties with Patrick Graham. So uh, he had a really good visit, good free agent visit with the Patriots, but now he's headed to Vegas to meet with the Raiders. So that's another linebacker right there. And uh, I know he gets after it, you know, from the edge as well. But uh, that's from Jordan Schultz from the score. Really good dude. Likes to pass along information when it has something to do with the silver and black. So that was good. I uh, got some text messages that we'd like to get to on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword. R&R. And if you want to be part of the show, I know we only have about 30 minutes left, but you could definitely chime in at 702-365-9200. Whatever is on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you like, the question I threw out there was, what would you like GM Dave Ziegler to do and focus in on between now and and the draft, which starts on April 27th in Kansas City. That's one response. Uh, looks like the whole Jimmy G situation is just a slight situation with his contract and at least from all reports I'm reading it should be signed tonight and then the presser will be tomorrow so don't think there's too much to panic on when it comes to that uh, so I'm sure Jimmy G will be the quarterback for the Raiders in 2023 sooner rather than later that'll become official but we'd love to hear from you again 702-365-9200 a couple quick texts that we got what up? It's T. Sal from Seattle. Would love to trade one of our picks for a young tone center on defense. Maybe Patrick Queen from the Ravens. Give us a proven player that can elevate the D and help out with all the young talent that we draft. That's T. Sal in Seattle. And I remember Patrick Queen coming out of school at LSU. I was pretty high on him. I thought Patrick Queen had an opportunity to be a really good player. He's a good uh, linebacker in, in coverage, and the Ravens got a good one. And it seems like the Ravens always have a good one, right, <laughs> as they have Roquan Smith as well, another guy that I was very high on, which many people, it's not like I discovered him or anything, many people were high on Roquan Smith coming out of school. Fantastic talent drafted by the Bears, traded to the Ravens, given a big contract there. So uh, he was a guy that they traded for before the trade deadline last season. Uh, got a text from the 707. Damn, Justin was amazing. I'm going to go give him a follow on Twitter right now. That's talking about Justin Mello from the Draft Network, who we had on earlier in the show about 3 o'clock. He talked all things NFL Draft. If you missed that or any of our conversations that we have, you can always check it out on LVSportsNetwork.com. My man, DeMond, does a great job making sure that the show is up each and every day uh, by way of podcast, and that goes for JT The Brick Show as well and the Morning Tailgate with Clay, Heidi, and, and Vinny. You can check them out all on LVSportsNetwork.com. That'll give you Everything that you may have missed, any point of the day that you may have missed, uh, it's all good, and it's right there available. It's funny. Uh, we have people that hit us up, DeMond, probably like once once a day, maybe twice a day. It's like, hey, listening back to the show from yesterday, and then they'll say something. It's like that happens almost all the time. So uh, those podcasts are up there, and it's great that everyone's able to take advantage of them because, again, they're there. You know that they're always there, and DeMond makes sure that it's up there uh, at a, in a timely fashion as soon as the show is over. Uh, so LVSportsNetwork.com, make sure you have that bookmarked on your uh, computer just in case you miss any of the show and you want to go check it out. But that interview with Justin Mello from the Draft Network, I'm with uh, the texter from the 707. That was great stuff. 
I mean, he deep dove into the quarterbacks. He deep dove into Jalen Carter, uh, talked about the cornerback position. I mean, he, he really, really went into great detail to the point where I think I only got about five questions in, and DeMond didn't get any. But I think I got like five questions in, and where did we go, DeMond, about 20 minutes? Yeah, you said last <laughs> one when you started asking about the quarterbacks. <laughs> And I and his answer, it felt like you asked him about you know the top three or the you know the big quarterback cornerback names, excuse me. Yep. And he named about five cornerbacks and went like five minutes on his own. And right. you said last one, <laughs> right? Exactly. And it's it, like he's like, no, nah, I got time. Right. It's wild, man. It's wild. I mean, usually it's me that I'll ask. I'll say this is the last one, and then I'll ask about two or three follow-ups. But hell, I said this is like the last one, and then all of a sudden he went on a, a, a great detail and great length. So uh, those are always a fun guests, and they do a good job of the, over the Draft Network, so I definitely encourage you to check them out. And you can check out Justin on Twitter at JustinM underscore NFL. Mike hit me up on Twitter and said, Q, we know that the head coaches who have come from Bill Belichick tree have not been successful as a group. However, how many of them have been paired with a like-minded general manager, and how many of them have taken a disciplined draft and develop approach? That's from Mike on Twitter. And that's a great point, and that's always something that people are going to point out is that, you know, everyone who's come from that Bill Belichick tree, uh, they haven't had success outside of the Patriots organization. But I do think that there's something to it that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are both tied at the hip. They both share the same vision, and they both plan on building the team in, in their minds, right? And we know what Nick Casario is trying to do and attempting to do uh, in Houston with the Texans, but uh, his head coach, he's, been, he's on what, head coach number three now? And I do think D'Amico Ryans is going to be a good one, but I mean he's literally on coach number three, right? He, I mean he hired he's hired multiple guys that were one and done, including Lovey Smith and I forget uh, uh, David Culley. David Culley was the year before him, and then he was out of there. Matter of fact, was he there the last year of Bill O'Brien? I think he was, wasn't he? So he should be on coach number four now. I do believe so. I think so, too. He was there the last year of Bill O'Brien. Of course, they have familiarity with New England, but yeah, I mean this is something where Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels both came in together. And that's very similar to what we see going on in San Francisco when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan both joined their forces together and shared their vision. And San Francisco took some lumps early. They did. People were questioning, like, I don't know if this John Lynch guy is a good GM or not. They came in, they had the same vision, and they've been able to, you know, really put together a really good team and even go to the Super Bowl. Even though they lost that Super Bowl, they were there. So if these guys, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, could be teamed up like that and have an opportunity to make some noise, then I'm all for it. I know a lot of people are down on, on where the team is right now, but literally they have been with the organization for one year, and that is it. And a lot of us that have been Raider fans, I hear a lot of fighting, and I see a lot of fighting on Twitter amongst the fan base because some are tired of being patient and waiting, and others are like, hey, it's only been one year. I get it. I say it all the time. You know, fans that have been waiting over 20 years, like Fabian, have uh, been waiting a long, long time to see this team successful again consistently. I mean, it's unfortunate, but they have the two guys. They've come in together, and now it's their time to prove that they can build this team the way that they you know, expect it to look and how they think it could sustain success. But, again, it's up to them to hit the right buttons, draft the right players, and put the right product, the best product, out on the field for the silver and black. So uh, thank you so much for that, uh, that tweet. I do appreciate you. Uh, we do have a text kind of going back to what we were just talking about from the 707. I want the Raiders to admit defeat. That Jimmy was a forfeiture to the 2023 season, then make moves that sell the future. T trade Max, trade Adams, Renfro, and Jacobs. Get as much capital as possible. No, same, no sense to aim for six or seven wins. I want them to actually build a team. That's for the 707. And I don't, I don't think that that's realistic. I think that that's getting a little extreme. I can understand where you're going from. But when you have a young stud that's a, that's a, 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 a franchise guy and really a, um, a 
I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. It's just he's a, a building block in Max Crosby. I mean, why would you want to move on from him? I get it that you know you want draft capital, but at some point you gotta have you gotta you can have all the capital you want. You gotta draft players, <laughs> right? I mean, you can you can stack all the picks you want, but at some point you literally have to have players. They have plenty of capital right now. They've got 12 picks. If they can't get things turned around quick, fast, in a hurry with that amount of picks, and you're not going to use all that, then then I don't know what they're doing, right? And I, I get it. You're talking about other years as well, you know, not just this year but next year. But, man, you, it's got to be one year at a time. It's literally got to be one year at a time. So I, I think that that's a little extreme, trading everybody. And Jimmy G, and I know we say it all the time, if he can stay healthy, and it sucks to, to throw that out there, I mean, he's still a guy that knows Josh McDaniel's system and could go out there and operate. I'm, I talked about players that I was excited about from listening to him. I'm pretty excited about Jacoby Myers as well. I think he's going to be a big-time contributor in this Raiders offense. And, you know, we talked to Jeff Howe in the second hour of the show, and he said that, man, if he could play off of Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams, and he said it a couple times, assuming that Hunter Renfro is there, so there's always that. But I think Jacoby Myers is going to be a player. And he, he also knows the scheme really well. So, look, if he's able to go in there and go out there and, and start clicking on all cylinders immediately, day one in training camp, and Jimmy G do the same thing and help Devontae Adams continue to develop. And, look, he's still learning the system, and he still had 1,500 yards last season, still had 100 catches, still led the league in touchdown catches. So you know that Devontae is going to be really good. Uh, I think that there's a lot to like. You bring back Josh Jacobs, which I assume that they will. I think there's a lot to like about what the offense could look like. They've got to build the defense, and I do believe they're going to build that defense in particular on the uh, through the draft and make sure that that's you know they got a, younger guys that are able to grow in what Patrick Graham wants to get done. One guy that we heard from earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center that I wasn't very sure of because I didn't know much about him, and I don't think many people from Raider Nation did was linebacker Robert Spillane. He comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. When we had a chance to catch up to him and talk to him today. I was pretty impressed from what I heard. Here's that conversation. Check it out. Tashawn Reed from the Athletic. Uh, last year with the Steelers, I think you played you know, your most that you have in your career so far. Um, what was that like, just getting more playing time? I think toward the end of the season, you were basically a full-time starter. Um, how do you think you, you grew as a player overall? Yeah, I've tried to progress throughout my NFL journey, not only as a player but as a man. And I think I've continually take the next right step, and that's what's important for me. What's that next right step? And that was uh, to come out here and sign with the, this opportunity. And uh, I'm so excited to be here and to give this city and organization all that I have. So I continue um, on my journey, and I look forward to it. Robert Hondo Carpenter, I was talking to people in the Steelers. and So the last four games, you played every snap on defense and on special teams. They talked about the fact you just don't like to come off the field. Will you talk about that mentality that you bring, please? Yeah, it's a mentality. You know, you grow up. Playing football, you play offense, defense, special teams, you play 100% of the snaps. You know, I played Chicago Catholic League style football my whole life, and that's hard-nosed physical football. So I've built my body to be able to withstand uh, an NFL season, and I've proven that over the years. So I look forward to uh, continuing to show that. What was it about maybe the Adam Hill Las Vegas Review Journal? What was it maybe about the, the scheme fit here that, that appealed to you? And, and what did they kind of project as your role? Yeah, they told me I was going to come in and give it the opportunity to be a green dot and to play and to really be a leader of this team. And I, I hope to come in and earn respect from not only my coaches, but from the teammates as well. And 
that's what's really important to me to come in here and earn respect uh i don't expect anything to be given to me i i've earned my way in this league and i continue to hope to do so Robert Ryan Sakamoto, Dark Side of Beast Rider. You filled in for Devin Bush once he tore his ACL week six against the Cleveland Browns. How much of an impact has that elevated your game, being the starter, um, playing alongside on the inside and having that green dot? Yeah, I love being a vocal leader on the defense. Uh, sometimes in this business, it's somebody's misfortune that gives you an opportunity to, to perform. So when he went down, I was given the opportunity to step in and be that starting middle linebacker. And I felt like I, I took that and I ran with it. Um, I, I love going out there and playing. So I, I, I want to be on the field for every opportunity that I can be. And I fight to be on the field. So I, I'll continue to do that. You played um, the Raiders late last year on a pretty cold night in Pittsburgh. Um, anything about that team, the, the Raiders, that you saw that uh, you know that, that resonated? Yeah, they're a hard-nosed, historic organization who does things the right way. And just being in the building today, I've felt that love, and uh, I've felt strong connections already starting to build. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Rob, uh, I know you mentioned always wanting to take the right step. I'm sure that's a bigger thing than just football. But as a player, what do you think is the next step for you in terms of taking your game to the next level? Yeah, I think uh, leadership is going to be big for me. Coming to a new team where, um, you know, you have to earn your way up the ladder. So I, I hope to do that early on and to show my teammates I'm here to win games. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. And that's uh, why I signed. I didn't sign just because it was a contract I signed because I felt like this was the right opportunity and the right fit for me and my family. Robert, you mentioned this is a historic franchise. Can you kind of expound on that, what it means to be a Raider and maybe growing up, this some of your memories of the Raiders and, and just the mystique about this franchise? Yeah, this, this franchise has the silver and black. Uh, I went to Fenwick High School in Chicago. We, our colors were silver and black. Our, our jerseys were kind of a very similar style to the the Raiders jerseys. So I've always dreamed about being a Raider. And uh, when given the opportunity, I knew that this was going to be right for me. Robert, well, you're a very tough, instinctive linebacker. How much does game film help in preparing you each week? Game film is crucial. You have to understand tendencies, player personnel. Um, you have to understand situational football. So... That's very important to understand and have an anticipation when it comes to play. But at the end of the day, when the ball is snapped, you got to go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Robert, Paul Gutierrez back here from ESPN. You and Max Crosby were in the same conference. Different sides of the state, though, in Michigan. What do you remember about him uh, as a college player and then just watching his growth as well? Yeah, Max Crosby has always been a dominant force on the football field. I mean, his size, speed, and athleticism speaks for that. So... Um, it was actually great getting to talk to Max last night, and uh, he gave me a call on the phone and congratulated me and becoming a Raider. He told me a fun story about when he was a, a, a freshman with Eastern Michigan, and I was on the punt team. We kind of got into a sort of a confrontation, and he, he remembered this, and he, he shared the story with me. So we had some exchange of words for each other, and our respect for each other has only grown since, since that moment. I do, but I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> appropriate right now.
Q Myers, Red Nation Radio 920. One video that's been floating around ever since you signed is the, the big hit you had on Derrick Henry. What is that like when that man's coming downhill and you hit him? So I know Derrick. Um, I started my career with the Tennessee Titans as a tryout player. And Derrick is a, a special in- individual, you know. You, you see him, they have him listed at, what, 6'3", 230? He's not. He, he's he's six six two sixty. So that's a tank of a human, and he runs with it too. That type of force. So I knew, given that opportunity, Devin Bush had just went down the game prior. It was my first game starting in the NFL in the city where I started at Nissan Stadium against a team that cut me a year prior. Um, it was a special moment for me. You know, my family got in a bus, rented a bus. Forty of them came down for that game, and you know, still they'll they talk about that hit, how they heard it from the upper echelons of the stadium, and it was the loudest hit they've ever heard. So it was a special moment for me and my family, for sure. Rob, when and being in Kalamazoo when you were there and covering the Broncos a little bit, one of the things is you'd be up in the coaches' offices and the way that you could hear you yelling out on the field. And just your emotion. You're, you play with a ton of emotion. How much does that help you lead guys in being that way? Yeah, I, especially in this business, guys aren't going to follow you if they sense you're fake. Um, guys have a really good radar of who's being real. And the work, you can't fake the work. Um, I pour my heart and soul into this game, into my off-season regimen to get ready for the season. So this is a 365-day job that I take very seriously. And I think that comes across naturally to my teammates, and they have respect for that, as I have respect for guys that have similar-like mentality. Robert, uh, Lee Adams with the Las Vegas Raiders, obviously played this team uh, for the past two seasons and with the Steelers. You know, what's your impressions of Josh Jacobs and how much you think he'll be able to push you in practice to be a better linebacker as well? Yeah, he's one of the top running backs in the game right now. Ever since coming out of Alabama, he's been highly touted and has lived up to expectations, exceeded expectations. So to be able to team up with him and to learn from him, I love working with the running back because you get to understand what their vision is like, how they're seeing the game. So at at many points, I would work with Najee Harris with the Steelers. What do you see here? We bounce ideas off each other. How can I trick you to think that I'm coming from the left when really the pressure is coming from the right? So I I hope to uh, really become friends with him and share those same sort of – Football ideas. Robert, Harry Reeves with the Spanish Radio Broadcast. You being from Chicago, playing in Pittsburgh the last four years, how hard is it going to be to adapt to a Vegas summer when you're going to be in training camp and it's 115? Yeah, I I love the heat. Um, I do saunas every day. Um, I think those get up to 200 degrees, and that's something that I would look forward to, actually, coming out here and being in the heat. So, you know, I've been in Chicago. I've been in Michigan. I've been in Pittsburgh, and... I'm ready. I'm built for the cold weather. Uh, I train in the cold weather. I've played in many snow games, many freezing rain games, and I'm excited to show that I can play in the heat just like I can play in the cold. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes. I uh, thought that was good stuff right there from Robert Spillane. And I don't know about you, Damon. 
And I know that you did a lot of work. You, Jared, Ari, you guys did a bunch of fantastic work cutting up all these different sounds that we have from all these different players, uh, like Marcus Epps, Brandon Faison, Jacoby Myers, Robert Spillane, and Philip Dorsett. No Jimmy G, of course. But uh, you did, guys did a lot of great work with that. When you were listening to Robert and when you guys were cutting him up and just hearing that right now, I mean, did you not get the sense that that is a football player through and through, like a dude that's just hungry and eager to get out there and, and, and do what he does? I got the sense that, yes, he's hunger, he's hungry and he's eager. But to me, it didn't really move the needle so much because I expect him to be a gamer. I expect him to be a guy, hey, he's undrafted. He's got to go out there and prove with every snap that he belongs out there on the field. But it didn't change the I'm not more excited after the press conference of I can't wait to see what Robert Spillane is going to do out there on the field, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And, and maybe I was just swayed a little bit, a little bit more because I was there. I don't know. But it just to me, it seemed like listening to him, that he was he was coming in with the you know with the purpose right and so you're absolutely right I mean he's got to go out there and prove it it don't matter what he says he's got to go out there and prove it but not I so just, much that we can say that about every player but for right. me like nothing that he said it was it was more of the it was more of what I expected like I wasn't wild away by anything that he said you know because every we yeah. can say that about every player but right. you know sometimes yeah you can win the press conference did right. he say something funny did he like really break down ball but for me it was just about what I expected. It's just to me like hearing that he got with Najee Harris and was you know trying to learn what they're seeing from the offensive side of thing and what a running back sees and how does it make him a better linebacker like that kind of stuff intrigues me because that lets me know that that he's a student of the game and you know it was funny you heard the question about you know how important is film study it's like well if the film study is not important to you that's a problem so that you know that was that was something that was like okay that should be a no brainer but then just to hear him go into the detail behind the film study it's similar to what Jerron Harmon said to us last year when he signed on was you know about the film study and what it what it does for him so that actually ended up becoming one of those okay I'm hearing what he's talking about now, right? And then, you know, when he also said there's nothing that uh, has ever been given to me in this league, I've always – I've earned everything. I'm ready to earn my opportunity here. He's, he's pointed out being the green dot. So that's what his expectations are is that he's going to go out and be basically the captain of the defense. And that says a lot to me. When a guy comes in and doesn't say, well, I just want to, you know, fit into the role. No, I want to be the green dot. That's the quarterback of the defense. So that's, that's what his expectations are. I'm not mad at that. It's like a dude coming in and, hey, man, what do you want to do at the radio station? Oh, I just, you know, I just want to produce, just want to run the boards. No, I want you to come in and be like, man, I want to be the best damn host. I want to run this thing. I want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like that just lets me know that there's eager eagerness and there's uh, energy that wants to be put into it. And now, look, again, that doesn't mean that you're going to be that guy, but at least the expectations and the energy behind it is that that's what your aspirations are, and I can appreciate that. So we'll see. Again, none of these players have proven anything until they prove something. But I thought Jacoby Myers, uh, what he had to say was really good. I thought what Robert Spillane had to say was uh, really good. Uh, Marcus Epps, too. You know, Marcus Epps, I think that he had a little something-something that he uh, he provided that I thought was pretty good as well. So those were a couple that stood out to me. 4.47 is the time. Uh, speaking of standing out to me, I got four tickets to the Vegas Vipers this upcoming weekend. DeMond's on the call. Harry Ruiz is on the call. Raider Nation Radio is on the station. You'll hear that game. But you want to be there? They need your help. They need you to be uh, that home field advantage. They want you to be that crowd to cheer them on. We got a four-pack of tickets so you can take the whole family to check out the Vegas Vipers this week. Weekend. Call number nine is what I'm looking for right now. It's 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Call number nine for Vegas Vipers tickets. A four-pack of them with Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
We'll continue to have four packs of tickets to the Vegas Vipers. Want to get you laced up. Matter of fact, I believe that uh, the morning tailgate forgot to give theirs out today. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to double up one more time. Just gave out uh, a four-pack of tickets. Gave them out to Ron right here in Vegas. We appreciate you, Ron. But uh, we'll go ahead and double up. DeMond is standing by. Uh, one more time, caller number nine. Matter of fact, you ain't even got to be caller number nine. We'll make it easy for you. Caller number one, we'll give you a four-pack of tickets. We'll steal from the morning tailgate. And I say steal in the very nicest, politest way of the, the word. I'm not trying to really steal from them. But since they left them hanging around, We'll go ahead and give them out for them because that's what we do. We give things out. Gave out Kevin Hart tickets. Gave out VGK tickets. Gave out a four-pack of tickets to the Vegas Vipers. And we'll do it one more again. So 702-365-9200. Got some text messages that I wanted to get to as we close out the show. Again, it sounds like everything is going to be all good with the Jimmy G uh, contract situation. It should be signed tonight, according to reports. And then his press conference will be tomorrow. So, of course, uh, we'll bring that to you live, whether it's in the morning uh, in the midday with JT or even in the afternoon with myself and DeMond, we'll bring that to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We heard from the other players earlier today, and again, uh, they're just some of the guys that have been added to this roster for 2023. There's a lot of construction that still has to be had. Marcus Epps, the safety from the Eagles, signed, sealed, and delivered. Brandon Faison, cornerback from the Colts, signed, sealed, and delivered. Jacoby Myers, wide receiver from the Patriots, signed, sealed, and delivered. Robert Spillane, who we just heard from, from the Steelers, the linebackers, signed, sealed, and delivered. And wide receiver Philip Dorsett uh, from the Texans, signed, sealed, and delivered. Just waiting on Jimmy G, and that should happen sometime this evening. Also, uh, whatever the Raiders decide to do, they can still make some additions to the roster. Uh, Andrew Billings, who played uh, the defensive tackle for the Silver and Black last season, signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears today, so he is no longer with the team. Jerry Tillery, we talked about it yesterday. He did return to the Silver and Black, so he's back at that defensive tackle position. Denzel Perryman is in Houston meeting with the Texans. There's a good chance that he's going to end up signing there, so the Raiders will probably lose him. And, uh, again, they're going to continue to add to the roster and get that thing built up and get it prepared for the NFL draft coming up at the end of April. But I did have a couple texts that I wanted to get to before we wrap up the show today. Jim from Yonkers, how good was Chase uh, S in college? Maybe we should have put Stidham in uh, bubble wrap too. So many fans jumped on his wagon and poof, he's gone. I'm just concerned about the backup. If it's only been one year and we're supposed to be patient with management, why not get players more time too? Coaching changes and roster movement all the time does not result in a winning formula. Have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Thanks for a great show. That's from Jim in Yonkers. And uh, the chase that he was talking about was Chase Barber's. Chase Barbers was the undrafted free agent out of Cal. Uh, I know ABA Ivan Davis, who calls the show quite a bit, he was pretty high on him last year coming out of Cal. He got to see him a lot as he's living in the Bay. Um, and apparently the Raiders like him. I don't really know a whole lot about Chase Garbers. I'm sure we'll see a little bit from him in training camp and preseason, probably more than we did last year. But uh, I don't know. I do think that the backup quarterback position is going to be important, though, with Jimmy G because, unfortunately for him, he does have the injury history. So, uh, Jarrett Stidham, I was surprised when we found out that he was headed to Denver on a two-year deal, but, in fact, that's where he's headed. So, uh, somebody's got to go and fill that void of the, the backup quarterback position, and that's not something that you normally talk about and it's like, oh, man, uh, got to get a good backup. But this is the kind of situation that the Raiders are in right now. Uh, got a text from Geese Mode. Damon, are you just down on Spillane because the Titans cut him? <laughs> So that that's funny, and I don't think Demond is really down on him. He just doesn't want to get too too high on him, right? He wants to kind of see what he is when when you know when he's actually out there on the field and not just oh I like him because well 
he sounds like he's going to be a hell of a player. To me, it just seemed like a, a good fit with the Raiders. Seems like a guy that has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, has been a grinder his whole life, and I think he has a little opportunity to go in there and be a heck of a little player. So we'll see about that. Uh, also, Mark in Jersey said, make a tra trade for Queen and draft an impact day one starter. That's Mark in Jersey. And now that you hear that music, you know it's time to wrap up the show. We do appreciate you. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Vinny, Heidi, and Clay. It's the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll talk tomorrow. Have a great night.